out of nowhere, I just started like full, full body shaking, like full body shaking. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is happening to me? Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. done this before um we're very excited to see you yes thank you i'm nervous don't be no, it's we're okay just chatting it's fine <laughs> yeah okay good shall we start i guess so let's just dive in yeah all right yeah. uh hi i'm emily i'm joy we've got deirdre with us who's our guest yeah. this week and this is the residuals. The residuals. Residuals. Um, residuals. Residuals. <laughs> so um, I know Deirdre because Deirdre is the amazing owner and trainer at the stables that I go to. Um, and I adore her and my small child adores her too. Um, so yeah, you're the best. So, And I'm so happy to have you on here because I recently discovered by chatting with you that holy shit <laughs> you have some stuff uh-huh um so yeah like uh talk to us a little bit about it and then like just start from the beginning like like how you first discovered like what was happening mm-hmm. well i mean basically i think it started when i was a teenager um i i, I mean i just thought it was like funny when I would sense things, you know, like silly little things. It was more so when my mom was ill. And then around the time that my mom was ill, I started sensing things with friends. And then I started sensing things with like strangers. I started to kind of like try to tune it off. Um, well, after probably about two or three years after my mom passed away, just the whole, the whole couple years of that, that, cause I was like, okay, this is a great thing, but it's, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you know, a little yeah. stressful. So I was kind of like, uh, I don't like feeling these things. I need to just not pay attention to them. Like mm-hmm. it kind of lost a little bit of, I don't know, maybe it just was too many, too much death and too much stuff along with what I was sensing around that time that I just, I don't know. I just tried to tune it off. So, so what was it that you were sensing with people when I was a, when I was a teenager? Um, I don't know. I would just sense when I'd see people and it's, it usually is people that I'm close to, Mm -hmm. um, or people that, you know, friends, family, whatever, significant others, whatever you want to say. Um, so it's mostly that. So what is it that you're um, sensing? Are you sensing like things going on in their life? Oh, it's kind of weird because I always tell people no one can lie to me because I, I sense it like that. Oh, <gasps> I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure your boyfriend doesn't love that, but I love I that. Oh, <laughs> Whatever. 
They hate that shit. She's on to you. <laughs> she knows your shit. Oh, no, no. I, I, years ago when I was probably 28, um, that, that definitely was something where it, I could I can nail down to the actual minute of when he cheated on me. <gasps> we were already having problems and I live with him. And I went out to the farm where I worked and I was gonna trailer a horse. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna go out and have fun with my friends out there. And we went to the borderline that night and I had to take a horse to the hospital in the morning. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna save an hour of driving. So me and the girls that worked at the farm and the vet, we all met at the borderline, having a good time, laughing, joking, goofing off. And then all of a sudden it was like, Phew, something like punched me in the gut. And my friend's like, Deidre, what's going on? Like, what would happen? I said, I don't know. And then I was embarrassed because I knew my intuition was the shithead. I kind of already noticed like me sensing these things. So to take light of this crappy, massively not fun feeling, you know, I'd always go, hmm, what time is it? Just to kind of see like, is this just all in my head over, you know? And oh, yeah. there's an old cowboy friend of mine that has weird senses with me. So like literally minutes after I felt this, this is when pagers were in. Um, I remember yeah. I had a pager. Me too. So all of a sudden my pager goes off and I go, oh my God, okay, this is like a double whammy. I'm like, okay, now he's texting me. So again, to enlighten my crappy feeling, I go to the payphone and I call him. He's like, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. You sure? I said, yeah, no, I, God forbid I'd ever let him think that I was upset because he hated the guy too. So, oh, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I go back and I'm just, okay, whatever, try to put it out of my mind, just totally deflated me. And mm -hmm. I don't know what, how long after. So of course I questioned the guy, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was too long after we were going to go to the forum rodeo. And I said, oh, good. We're starting to get along. So we go and all of a sudden he's like, come on, let's go before the bull riding. So we walk out and some girls yelling down the hallway. Why don't you tell her? Long story short, I said, what is she talking about? She goes, oh, why don't you tell her about the time she had to stay out? She had to, you know, stay at the ranch, a trailer, a horse. And I said, oh, he's like, oh, well, we were, we were at the bar and, you know, <gasps> blah, 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 at the bar. I go, well, you could have done something in the parking lot. You had to take her home to my house. And I said, no, oh, just for the heck of it. Around what time was it? It was literally like within On the, the dot. Yeah. And I go, yeah. that's what I felt that night that I just yeah. felt like something punched me in the gut. Like Holy shit. massive, massive anxiety, massive anxiety. I'm so sorry that that yeah. happened. But when you get that confirmation, because I've had this happen to me too, isn't it just like such a relief that you're like, Yes, I'm not crazy. Like right, you're exactly. like, okay, I do need to trust this more because yeah, you feel like a crazy person. It makes you feel paranoid. Uh-huh. But I used to even when it started, like when I was a teenager, um, it was particularly maybe it's a boyfriend thing, but not with the not when I see people that they're terminally ill, but the whole the, okay, so this is another boyfriend thing. And I was kind of flaked on him and me and my friends went up to we used to go up to Winneka Drive and 
go up there and be bad and smoke clove cigarettes. And <laughs> oh my God, clove cigarettes. Oh, nostalgia. <laughs> And I remember we were sitting up there and I had totally flaked on them prior cell phones again. Mm -hmm. And and I remember we were like, Hey, we better go. And I go, I saw these two lights way, way, way down the whole street, like at least two miles away. And I go, Oh my God, that's him. And they're like, you're just paranoid because you flaked on him. I go, no, (gasps) I know he's, I can feel it. He, I'm sure they're like, give me a break. Those are just headlights like two miles away. I go, no, I'm sure that's him. Sure enough. They're like, holy crap. How did you know that was him? I go, I don't know. I just know. And then years after we had broke up, I'd just be driving through Glendale. I'm like, "Hmm, I feel like I'm going to see him. And I'd look over. Boop. There he is driving by. Oh my God. Bizarre. Yeah. I'm like feeling this. Like this is totally, this is very similar to stuff that's happened to me. Like I, I totally know that feeling where you're just like, "Mm, it's going to happen. Right. I wish I could pick lottery tickets though. Like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God, me too. Well, Emily, it's like, I know you probably heard, well, maybe you've heard me or not like at the stable. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I think we need to be done. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I just, we need to be done. Sometimes right. I was at the other stable, I'd look over in the other ring and I'm like, oh yeah, someone's falling off over there. Oh, Whoop, no. Two minutes later, someone gets dumped. Yeah. That's insane. I yeah, just like, feel please. it. All. I, I notice it. I'm okay. like, I don't know if it's just because I know my horses so well, but I'm going, no, because when I was over at the other stable and it was a way bigger facility. So there was my arena and then there was one here and one here. So I could visibly see two to three other arenas. And I remember I would just look over and go, Oh boy, that one's coming off. And early, like 10 canter strides later, the kids getting dumped. (gasps) Okay. If you ever feel that, and I'm in the ring, I really (laughs) need you just to scream. If we can just have a safe word. (laughs) Maybe I have a good, maybe not come with, that's why I have a good track record of no one really getting hurt and falling off too often. Just shout cupcake. Or say ah, shit like that. Crump right. it. I don't know. Just crump it because no one else no, will that doesn't please, apply to anybody. No, make it not food because you'll just think you're having a snack and you you're right. Forget. I'm like, oh, that sounds delicious. So there's some over there. What? Gosh. Yummy. Where are cupcakes? We'll come up with the safe word and I will immediately stop. Exactly. Immediately stop. So yeah. Uh, around this time last year and the holidays last year, we interviewed a friend of ours named Rachel and she was telling us that she can see like an aura around people mm-hmm. when they're really sick or they're about to get really sick. Or she, the big one is she can see when people are dying and it's not just because they're sick and their, their body is in the process of dying. It's like, they're going to die and it's not necessarily related to illness. Like something is going to happen and they're going to pass away. And she was telling us she started experiencing it from a, from like a young age. And so I know that one of your things is that you were saying earlier that you sense things, you know, in addition to this crazy intuition that you have with, with shit, like, like seeing, knowing stuff is going to happen before it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it started mostly right before my mom got ill. And I think the first time I consciously paid attention to it was 
me and my mom used to always sit and watch everybody loves Raymond or I think that's what it was. Yeah. And just one night she went in the back bathroom and she'd sit on the phone with her best friend. And, and I remember I was talking to my friend and, and we were going to go to the movies and I got in the car and I just started bawling, hmm. bawling. Now there was no talk of her being ill. There was, she wasn't acting different. The only thing I noticed was like, well, oh, she always watches this program with me or fear factor. It was the two shows. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, why is she? I, that's the only thing I could think of that made me think, hmm. But then I got in the car and I just was bawling and bawling and bawling. And like, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Something's wrong with my mom. And it's serious. Yeah. And I don't remember the time frame after that, that she then told us she had cancer. And, um, but it, it, it was probably at least six months, I think. Oh, wow. And um, so, and then just as far as that goes, maybe that made me a little more in, like intuitive to, to when people are terminally ill. I don't know. The other thing was we brought my mom home and I was sitting with her and I knew finding the rosary was super important. I tried to find her rosary for like days um, while she was still in the hospital. And I kept telling my one brother, like, we got to find it. We got to find it. So we brought her home on hospice and I just tore up the room that we, she stayed in and it was wrapped around the bedpost. So I gave it to her and she wasn't talking or anything. And then I could tell like visibly, you know, I think she could tell she could talk or necessarily look around, but I could tell she acknowledged that she got it. Mm -hmm. So I go in and I was like, you know, stressed. So I'm like, Oh my God, I went to Catholic school. I don't remember how to say the rosary. <laughs> so I went in the back room and I called my boyfriend. Cause I know like his, his roommate was like a super devoted Catholic. And I'm like, can you please ask her, like, how do I say the, the, the rosary? I know how to say the rosary, but I just can't even think right now. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, I just started like full, full body shaking, like oh. full body shaking. Like, and I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell is happening to me? And so I said, well, I better get off the phone. Okay. I'm going to, and then my, I think my dad or my brother walked down the hall and said, that my mom had passed away. Oh, honey. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. And then, so just shortly after that, one of my clients um, got diagnosed with breast cancer and, mm. and it was just uh, one, she, her husband was a doctor. They did a lumpectomy, whatever. And then not too long after my mom passed away, another really good friend of mine got breast cancer and hers was worse. She had it in her lymph nodes and same thing. So they both were challenged with this at the same time. And I would go to lunch with the one and out of nowhere, I just started like there was a group of us, my assistant, my business partner, another gal that rode at the barn and this this other lady that had the cancer. And she was already going through chemo and starting to lose her hair. And out of nowhere at lunch, I started bawling and my business partner reaches around and taps me, you know, rubs my shoulder. And afterwards, she's like too close to home. And I said, no, I, I go, it's weird. I really, it wasn't about like, 
it was soon after my mom or that I, you know, I go, no, I go, I don't know why I was crying. I just know she's not going to make it. Mm. And then shortly after that, I went and saw my other friend who had cancer, who had it way worse. And she wasn't the kind of person that would break down and she's hugging me and, and, you know, no one is around at her. She has a barn. And so, and, uh, I remember, you know, hugging her and she kind of knew some of my senses and she's like, Oh my God, Dieter, I'm, you know, I'm so scared. Like my husband's, you know, mother passed away from it and his sister and da, 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 da. And I, and she, you know, was hugging me. I could not cry. I could not cry. I, I just said, Adela, you're going to be fine. And I just, I like, it's like, I'm not, you know, who am I to say like, Oh, put all your, you know, trust in me, but you know what I mean? But I, yeah, I could you just know, I knew exactly which one was not going to make it. And I was oh. right. Oh my God. And, amazing. Yeah. And, then, and so I started sensing it. Like I'd be at the grocery store and I'd look at some people and that's why Kelly mentioned it to you because a lot of times I was with Kelly and I don't think I've ever told Kelly, but I remember when she called me, I was just pulling into work. And I remember she called me to tell me her mom was sick. And it was the same thing. Oh. Like I was over the phone, so I didn't really let her see. Like, I mean, I knew her mom and I'd spent some time with her mom, but I wasn't super close and didn't hang out there all the time. But right. And I thought, God, why am I crying so bad for her mom? Like, oh. why am I crying? And I don't even realize the emotions or the the feeling behind it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, but after a certain amount of times it happened, I was like, no, it's like my senses can tell when someone is not going to make it. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally yeah. makes sense. And then here's the biggest scary part. Oh. So 10 months after my mom passed away, my boyfriend's mom was hiding it that she had cancer. <gasps> and I kept saying, what? Don't you realize what an oncologist is? And so she had 12 kids. A couple of them lived in Columbia. Holy m Jesus. Wow. God bless her uterus. <laughs> Jeez Louise. God bless her patience. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> she knew she was terminally ill, evidently, because she had everything in line. Even oh, wow. the everything. No one knew. One family member, I think her nephew knew. But anyway, so a couple, like two of the kids would take turns. And um, she was awake and everyone was in playing music and having a good time. And then when it'd be later, then two people would stay. So it just happened to be that night that he stayed and his other sister that was the one that lived closest to her or whatever. And so a lot of everybody left and then one sister forgot the phone, but went with the other sister and they were all outside making phone calls or whatever. And I was just sitting with her and literally it was the same thing. I started shaking uncontrollably. Wow. I like nothing led up to it. Nothing. I was just sitting in there with her like, well, I don't want her to sit in here alone. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so while they're making phone calls and trying to get a hold of the sister, blah, blah, blah. And I started shaking uncontrollably. And I had told him about these weird senses because he was with me when my mom passed away. Yeah. And I came out in the hallway and he saw my face. He goes, what is it? What is it? And I said, I'm not God and I'm not a doctor. And he saw me shaking. He, I said, but you need to get in there now. Right. Yeah. And she was in the process of 
Was, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So after that, I was like, this is way too much. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. Because I could see though. like people in the grocery store, like a grayish look to them or, Whoa. you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard. So I, I really, it got oh. a little bit, maybe I just needed to heal from all my losses of family and friends, you know, that I just was like, mm, I don't like this. I still got that sixth sense. You do? You do something naughty. I know exactly when you're doing it. Holy yeah, shit. I've definitely <laughs> pulled that shit with boyfriends before, especially when you're like not as confident and you're in your like late teens, early twenties. And you're like, I feel like something's happening, but they're telling me I'm just being paranoid. And they would be like, well, you know, you're on like whatever birth control and that's making your hormones, this and that. And then months later I would find out like, there was some bullshit going down behind my back mm-hmm. and I talked to them about it later and they're like, Oh, but you were on that birth control. And I'm like, Oh, but you really were fucking her. Right. So- <laughs> uh-huh. Do not blame it on my hormones. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, um, this is a little mm. more than the woman's intuition too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't help but wonder ever since you started, you know, you, you first told me about this stuff. You know, being around the horses, I know that they pick up on what we're feeling and they mirror that to a certain extent. And so I can't help but think about, holy shit, this is perfect for you because you are able to pick up stuff and what's happening. And it's like you can read not so much the body language, but what's happening internally. And so... You know, I couldn't help but think, holy shit, this is perfect because you read so much more than the horse's body language and the rider's body language and their confidence level and all of that shit. Um, Am I right with that or am I totally off the path? I I do sense it a lot with horses. That that old cowboy friend of mine that I told you that has the weird sense with me, he calls me the horse whisperer. (laughs) I mean, you are. And he goes, no, he calls me the horse spirit, actually. Um, And he's like, Mm. no, I've, I've been a lot around a lot of horse people. And he's like, the the things I can sense and understand and most horses, not all of them. um, And, and to get through of them. That's why, like, remember my little horse, Leo? Yeah. Suck his tongue out. Yeah, I mean, just a little brat. Yeah. But, you know, he's his own personality and, and all that. And, you know, between that one and then the other horse, like that Emma's leasing now, I mean, I, I get them, I get them inside and out and, and they can go to multiple trainers and they just think they're naughty. They yeah. just, they can't figure them out. And then, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I, I do have a, um, I do have a certain sense of understanding them differently yeah. than the average person. I, you know, and I've, I've got to say since I started right, cause you know, I, I don't know if I've talked about this here. I started riding back during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I think in June, uh, because I needed something other than work and parenting to something that I loved to do. And I hadn't ridden, I had a, I started riding when I was like seven on a really stubborn little shit of a pony who I didn't trust because he threw me all the time at jumps to the point that like I would just hang on them in a U shape winded all the time. 
And so, you know, also I was taught by like a 14 year old and a 16 year old. So it's maybe not the best way to go. Um, <laughs> and my, my last experience was taking care of some horses in uh, college and they had to split them into two fields with four in each field because there were two stallions that were really territorial and not good with each other. And one of them was an Arab Springer. And my last day working there was because he charged at me and I had to hop uh, an electric fence. And after that, I refused to go anywhere near horses again. And it was a good 20 years before I got back on another horse, which was at your stables. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after my experience with jumping, my last time jumping was 26 years ago. And I just did my first jump last week with you guys. And instead of feeling that petrifying, oh, fuck, I'm going to get really hurt. It was, it was the most serene, confident, like we got this feeling like the only other time I felt that, which is going to sound really dumb, is when I went skydiving for the first time. I was terrified jumping out of the plane. And then once I was out, I'm like, this is this is what heaven feels like. You just, you know, you just allow it and you just trust. And that's, you know, I trust fully in the horse that I'm riding and I trust fully in your and Amanda's instruction with me and your, your faith in me as a rider and what I'm capable of doing. And it's just like all of those things combined. It was like, it's the, it's the out of this year, as much as this year has been a shit show, like shit as a way to God, it was just the best thing ever. Like, I can't thank you guys enough. Oh my God. Yeah. And we got video of it that uh, I'm like put on our Instagram <laughs> just so you could see my phone. Yeah. So. It was rad. It was fucking rad. Fucking rad. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I got, yeah. Um, so, have you like experienced things with like seeing things or hearing things or is it mainly just the gut feeling? Sometimes I have, but I think I'm too scared to see a ghost, even though like I want to. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, no, I'm too chicken. I don't I want to. It. I get it. <laughs> but it's mostly a lot of, I mean, I, I could see even for a while, like I could see and I could sense just a stranger standing next to me and being like, Oh, that guy is like terminally ill. Like, like I could, I could sense it and I can, I, I don't know, kind of see it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think a lot of it is just like also just sensing weird, weird things. And it gives me a really unsettled, like some of it's anxiety or some of it's kind of like, like a hmm like maybe not necessarily in a bad way but because I, I don't know like in and I tried to make it work to the positive where before it was like oh god is this only about when someone's gonna die right mm -hmm. where I can feel when they actually die you know um and so I tried to just turn that off and go well maybe I can maybe it can work to the positive or I'd like to not feel it at all but right. like now I try to go okay I start getting these feelings and I've really tried to make it productive so like let's say if a client is starting to be unsettled with something or unhappy mm -hmm. 
or, you know, in any business, you're going to get a bad seed. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. You know, and I, I can wake up in the middle of the night and I can sense it and I have to learn how to try to turn it off so I can sleep. Right. Um, And I try to just go, okay, well, do I just sit here and feel shitty because other negative shit's going on and people are stirring up stuff or people are being, you know, you know, exaggerating, lying, cheating, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll just try to learn how to be the bigger person because I want to sleep at night and I don't want to feel like this because it's a crappy feeling. And so I just try to make it productive and say, well, if I go down, is this person happy? Is this, does something happen here? Are they unsettled about that? Mm-hmm. And if I can pretty much narrow it down, then I just felt it's the power of communication. Right. Just call them and say, Hey, everything. Okay. Right. Right. Whether it's an unhappy client or just someone around or, you know, and that's kind of where, where I've, I've let it sort of morph to, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? It's sort of like, like an early warning system, right? Yeah. I take it as that, like something is wrong. I'm not yeah. going to freak out. Right. <laughs> let me just try to like nip this in the bud before. And don't wait till right. it's so bad. And yeah. Have you ever had clients that you're like, I, I, you, I can't, do this anymore you're gonna have to find somewhere else because of this feeling i've been pretty pretty fortunate that um either maybe just in my actions i don't allow certain personalities and i don't allow certain uh i don't know i i've been fortunate that there's only been probably two maybe three where i just said yeah this is this is not the right program for you and you know, um, uh, you sure do learn a lot when you feel this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, I, there's been a couple and there's been a, there's been a big change recently that I think Emily might be aware of. Um, I won't name any names that I have been sensing for a very long time and, and, uh, I'm proud of myself for not reacting or, overreacting about what I sensed behind my back. And, and, um, Mm. I just waited it out to, to the best time to ask these people to say, this isn't working out and they beat me to the punch. So I don't have to be the bad guy. So everything I was sensing, um, uh, they just created it and it was perfect. So I didn't, I didn't have to ask. I mean, joy has this thing that we've talked about where, Joy, you tell it where you obsessively think about people. Yeah, it'll be like um, it's mo- mo- mostly women or uh, significant others. It's sort of like a similar thing. Like when you're saying, oh, my boyfriends, I always knew like that for sure. I'd be like, mm, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be a woman that I like barely knew. You know, we've talked about it before here, but to explain like, the woman who worked at the bank, the first bank that I had like an account at that was like the family bank and she knew all of us and stuff, randomly thinking about her, hadn't seen her in months, but like on a loop in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, why am I thinking about Gloria? Why am I thinking about her? And then I find out that she's had like a massive stroke and she'd never returned to work. Oh, um, wow. 
or there was an incident where this girl who I was like fringe friends with in high school like we didn't hang out or anything and I was like why am I I haven't seen Erica in like four years why am I thinking about her and I was driving down the street thinking this and it came around a corner and she's there on the side of the road next to her car crying hysterically after hitting a deer <gasps> and like we didn't even live in the same town it was just didn't make any sense so yeah that like strange I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I don't know why this thought popped in my head. Um, and certainly with boyfriends and, and family members, you know, like I've, I would call my mom and she'd already be on the phone, like back in the landline days, you know, we would both pick up the phone at the same time to try and call each other. No one had called, a, no one had even like put a number in. We hadn't dialed anything and we'd both be on the phone with each other. And we're oh, like, wow. wait, why is there no dial to mom, Joy? My, how, how did this happen? Um, definitely listening to you has made me be like, oh yeah, me too, me too, me too. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's oh. this um, really great book that I got and I'm forgetting the title. It's about fear. It's about trusting that immediate intuition of that feeling like you're talking about where you're like, I need, I need to trust this and how it's a good thing and you have to explore it. Have there been any situations that you've been in where you're like, I need to get the fuck out of here right now? Like, like a situation or a Just like a gut feeling, a gut feeling that it's like a normal situation or an everyday something. And like you get that feeling where you're like, I, I need to go. Um, yes and no, but I think it was... Um, I think usually when it gets to that point, maybe that's my maturity that I kind of go, okay, when it gets to a certain level of like that horrible feeling and literally waking up and I'm like, why am I thinking about this? Why am I thinking about this? Mm -hmm. Then I have to say, um, and I, yeah, I, this needs to go away because yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to sense this. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. And yeah. And maybe that's a maturity thing. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And I go, wow, who suffered? Me. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you just like put up with it because I think about it now, like I don't deal with them. Like, I don't want to feel like this. Like you're saying, like, I'm not going to deal with this in my twenties though. I would wake up stressed about having to go to work because I didn't want to feel whatever energy was happening around me with other people. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, well, I guess this is just my shit that I need to deal with because this is how I feel. And now I would be like, get out. Like, you don't work here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Right. Exactly. Oh my yeah. God. I was going to say, I think culturally it, it screws us too, because we aren't brought up to trust those feelings. Like you don't have people, you know, like in other cultures or ancient civilizations where there's that idea of, trust you know your elders are sitting there and saying trust your gut and go with your instincts and dreams mean something and feelings mean something and i think there's just a more sterile way of dealing with emotions in our current culture where well, people it's are that, like stop be being polite paranoid. yeah that but it's also like no you're wrong it doesn't right. it's just flat out like you're feeling something that doesn't exist. You're being paranoid. You're, you have anxiety. You should probably be on medication, like whatever yeah. it is <laughs> where it, it's just, you're on birth control. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like it's just diminished and you're taught to not listen to that voice. And I think 
when you do get older and that maturity that you're talking about, you just go, no, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know why I feel like, like I've had times when I've left with my son to go do something we're in the car and I'm like, I need to just pull down this, this road for a second Mm -hmm. and like change the timeline of my trip. And I don't know why, but I just need to sit here for like two minutes and then get on the freeway. Mm -hmm. And I've done that. And I've checked the traffic before we left and it was clear. And then I've taken that like two minute hiatus and gotten back on the the road. And, oh, look, six minutes ahead of you, there's a massive accident involved. Oh, wow. So it's that kind of thing where I'm like, if it's gnawing at me now, who cares if I just sit on the side of the road for two minutes? Right. It's not going to bother anybody else. And Mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, it doesn't change anything. So whatever. So yeah, now it's more like, I don't care what people think that like older mature, oh, maybe it's an older lady thing too, where you're just like, F you guys, I don't care. Yeah. I hit the point. Of, I don't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I don't that. care what you think uh, of me. We've yeah. been watching, this is, I don't know. It's marginally related. and may not stay in the podcast, but we, my husband and I have been watching the show called Encore on Disney plus, and they take drama classes that have done a show and like 20 something years later reunite them in a week to do the same show but like I heard about this isn't this with Kristen Bell yes it's really really good I love her I Um, want her to be our friend so badly I'm sorry but she's not really in it she just introduces it damn it um but they they go through like this whole thing and there's a lot of people at the end of it that are like, I don't know why I was so afraid to sing in front of people when I was in, I don't know why, like just this maturity level. And I keep my husband and I have these conversations all the time where I'm like, well, now we know that those are mental health issues and anxiety that we would have taken care of. And also you just get older and you're like, it doesn't matter. Who cares if I don't sing this perfectly? Who gets one time? No one's going to hate me because I hit the wrong note or like did the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's sort of that same like level of, of um, like the same weight that you give things when you're younger. Like everything is hinging on this really tiny little incident. Um, So for me, at least, I think the way that I look at stuff now, it's like, it doesn't matter if I pull over to the side of the road. It doesn't matter if I take a different way home. If I just go, I don't really want to turn onto the street. Let me take a different way. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I, I will say I'm in my 40s and I will still lay awake at night obsessing over something that I said 15 years ago. Something Same. that I said I did. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But, <sighs> and I also think at least with me being a parent now where my priority is not like, me or my vanity (laughs) now when i'm in the car with my kid i'm like well i'm trying to keep him safe right so if my intuition is saying hang out for a bit okay yeah like he's my job his his well-being is my job Mm. um but yeah i don't know it's just different now it's nuts less fucks yes So Deidre, have you turned this off to an extent where you're not really picking up on people who are, who are yeah. poorly? Yeah. The only, the last time I really felt anything was when my father passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it was shortly after my leg accident too. And, and I, I always tell people the second that that horse was falling, 
and I hadn't even hit the ground. I just screamed out the word, fuck. <laughs> they heard me all the way down the horse show ground. Mm-hmm. And I think I let a lot go in my life, even yeah. before I hit the ground. And so I broke my leg in late October. My brother was having health issues. So both my brother and myself were sitting with my dad at my dad's house. And I think the stress of that really diminished him. And long story short, my brother and my dad were in the same hospital Mm -hmm. um, beginning right before New Year's. Well, like write it out now. Um, Mm -hmm. And they couldn't find out what was wrong with my brother. I mean, in and out of the hospital constantly, you know, 104 temperatures. Oh my God. His left arm, the whole nine yards. And so long story short, he, he had to have his pulmonary valve replaced on his heart. Holy shit. Whoa. And so, um, a weird, here's a weird, another offshoot to people that get weird feelings. So my brother's a chiropractor. So he was starting to feel a little bit better from like, you know, big, you know, antibiotics. I still hadn't figured out what was wrong with him, but so he tried to go into the office and at least see if maybe certain, certain patients, maybe he could see two a day or something. And so his secretary said, you know, so-and-so really, really, she, she's been calling and calling and calling and wants to come in. And finally he's like, okay, fine. Cause she was also a personal friend. He's like, fine, tell her to come in. Yeah. And I guess, you know, he'd lost so much weight and he just, looked terrible. He didn't even look like himself. He looked like Jesus. <laughs> and, and no, you know, scruffy, skinny, his hair got longer. I mean, this had been like a couple months and, and, um, and I guess she didn't even recognize him. So he's like, okay, go, you know, now my brother had eight different doctors and, um, and like infectious disease, pulmonary, you know, whatever cardiac doctor, you know, a, a, a oncologist, all these things. Cause they found some spots on his lungs and, and all this stuff. And, um, so he goes into adjuster and he's and she wasn't laying on the table and he says, Oh, well, don't you want an adjustment? She goes, no, I'm here to pray for you. And he's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's like, you know, Whoa. she just said, let me just pray, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Prayed. And my brother's Catholic, so it's not like he's totally not religious, but so he gives her an adjustment and she's, and she looks at him funny. She said, do you mind if I, can I touch you? And he was like, um, okay. (laughs) And here he's thinking like, she's a little bit cuckoo. Yeah. And so she puts her hand on his chest and she said, and she closed her eyes and she said, you may not believe me, but, but God just told me you're going to be okay. And you're not going to need surgery. And she's like, okay, cool. And he's thinking, all right, off you go. Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. My brother's surgery was scheduled for, I think, January 3rd. And my father was in the same hospital, different, different spot in the hospital, obviously. Um, again, the stress was not good on my dad. Right. Um, so literally down to, you know, do the pre-op the day before the echocardiogram, the whole thing goes in four o'clock in the morning. They shave him from head to toe. They've got the thing pumping his blood through his arms. They've got the thing breathing for him. They do the last ultrasound echocardiogram. Now, mind you, he already did pre-op. They already did. 
all that, he was getting a valve replacement. And they literally, before they opened his chest, did the last ultrasound echocardiogram and said, whoa, stop the surgery. I don't know what just happened. 90% of the vegetation on his valve, it's gone. It's gone. What? What? Gone. Yeah. It still gives me chills. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And my, even when my brother woke up, he was like, oh, thinking, oh, okay, I'm dreaming. Where, why isn't my chest cut open? Blah, blah, right. blah. Then not until I guess when they took the thing out or something and his wife was there and I think it made him throw up bile or something. And he was like, where is it? And she's like, he didn't need surgery. And then he will swear to this day, he goes, out of all the eight doctors, I don't know what happened, but that girl said, you will not need surgery. You're going to be fine. And it happened. Oh my God. That gives me chills. That's, That's nuts. Yeah, I'm like, Okay, I'm, I'm not that religious, but I don't know. I think she had something going on too. Right. So, but li literally down to them opening his chest. But like she knew this for a while that she needed to for, get in there. That she yeah, was calling like I need an appointment. I need an appointment. Yeah, isn't wow. that crazy? That's nuts. She must have had him on a loop. Like I get that. <laughs> right. Like this. Like oh, I can't. Stop. I have to go in. Or yeah, because she kept the, his secretary kept saying she keeps bugging like he's she's bugging the heck out of me. Like please, can she just come in? Right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> you know. Oh so, my God, that's but the, the last for her, though. uncontrollable shaking thing was, um, was when my, my father passed away, which was, mm. it was weird. And it's something I didn't experience with the other two people, my mom and that other lady Yeah, was the whole family was around him. And, um, my brother was able to come out of the hospital and then they changed my father to um like the, the like the extended the, the rehab type hospital thing right and we were trying to do the hospice thing and get him home but it didn't work out but um the whole family was around um and it was the same thing like and i noticed which will be interesting what happens in the future with my one niece everyone was like talking to him or whatever and my my older brother's first daughter I noticed her crying uncontrollable and kind of a little bit like the sense I get like with her body, but it was the same thing right before it happened. It was the same thing. I started shaking uncontrollable. Oh my God. But the weird thing was I, I swear, well, cause I know what happened. Oh, and, and if I hadn't had the experience of my mom and the other lady, I probably would just think, oh, we thought he passed away and he didn't, right. you know? And, but knowing that I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is just trippy. This is just trippy. How we'll never know till it's our time. I know that he passed away. It was the same exact shaking, the same exact feeling as the other two. And then I think once everybody's kind of thought, okay, a couple people walked away from the bed. And then all of a sudden he started breathing again. Like he, for, I, I'm telling you, my dad had, he was gone for a good couple minutes. Wow. And oh then I'm going, God. and then it was just my sister and she kind of walked to the end of the bed and she was weeping and 
my brother took the little girls out and and my other brother and and I think I was just sitting there I don't remember there's one other person standing there with me maybe my older brother and then I was just sitting there with them because my shaking stopped and everybody dispersed and I sat there with him holding his hand and I looked and I remember thinking I, I looked at him I said he's still breathing yeah or now he's breathing. It was, oh. and then that was like, I don't know, two in the afternoon. And I think he finally passed at like two in the morning or something. Wow. I'm sure it happened because of what I felt. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think he wanted the family in there because oh. when it actually really happened was when the nurses when nurse shift changed, my boyfriend went home. My brother took the girls home. It was just me and my other brother um and my sister and it was when the nurses shift changed and she was going to shift him or something which was totally stupid but it was when we were outside the, the the thing and then we came back and my sister's like um um Didi Didi Doug um uh and yeah. he was gone wow and I I've, really I've really think he did not want his family there that's intense yeah. so, I a friend of mine heard mom was like I'm going to do it when you're not looking. Right. Like yeah. she flat out told her, she's like, I'm, I'm not going to die while you're watching. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. So ever since that, I, oh. I figure, well, maybe it was all leading up to like those two most important people in your lives, you right. know, a certain degree, you know, and then I'm kind of like, it was a weird thing. Like in a way it was, maybe it had to do with my accent too. Um, and I tell people I'm a totally, I'm not a totally different person, but I am a different person ever since those un <laughs> unbelievably extreme two months. Yeah. Um, I think it was almost a weird refreshing feeling like well shit i've lost everything <laughs> i right. mean you know um and i i think i just thought well you know what it's all up from here and mm -hmm. and hopefully i can channel those things into positive things right. like the the having it sort of stress you out and the anxiety and that that feeling of that inevitable and not understanding it but i think when it happened with my dad by then i fully understood it mm -hmm. and then i said oh, i don't want to feel this too much anymore <laughs> yeah it, it becomes i mean especially this year though this these right. are all things that happened the end of last year right mm -hmm. um there was not much time between that and then everybody going on lockdown and everything happening this year so like no why would you even want to deal with any of that this year right, right you know it's too much it's for me too i mean i feel all kinds of things and i have let myself be very attuned with what's going on safety and pandemic wise but like i don't want to feel other things i'm tired like all the time it's overwhelming yeah it's yeah. very exhausting sometimes yeah so maybe when things get back to whatever like new normal is happening and i have 
in-person relationships with my friends again and like <laughs> other emotions that are not just primarily stress and terror, right. um, then, you know, maybe I'll start wanting to feel stuff. But yeah, I mean, why would you? Right, right. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, the accident that you had with the, with the bad break in your leg and you knew it was coming, do you feel like that was a pivotal moment in this just letting go of everything where it was just like, percent. Yeah. it sucks that it was so bad, but a hundred percent because everyone was like, how did you know? How did you know exactly what was going to happen? I said, well, I, there was only two choices. They're like, but how, how, when, when that happened, like in the scenario of, of how the horse spun and, and it only had two choices to go that way or that way. And the golf cart was sitting there and it didn't want to hit the golf cart. So it ran onto the pavement. And then it, I, I knew it was like slow motion. I, it was like, I thought of the whole possibility, the whole scenario, the whole outcome, the whole thing of my life and just saying the F word really loud had nothing to do with just the fall. Um, and it was totally just like ah, white flag, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I said I I knew exactly what leg slipped first. I knew to push away. I knew I how I was going to fall. Save my head. Save my knee. I'll never walk again if he falls on my knee. Um, and they're like, how did you think of all that? I I don't know. I just did. Yeah. I, I I knew exactly every single fraction of a second what was happening oh, and, and I did it was the second that happened I was just like uh no I surrender yeah wow <laughs> I, oh, I, I can't I can't I can't take all this crap and burden and, and anxiety and all that crap from everybody else and and that's what I mean by it. it's like in a weird way with how my life was like a I always say it was like a sad country song <laughs> So the only thing is my truck didn't get stolen. Right. <laughs> you know, I broke my leg. I lost my house. Oh my my dog died. You know, oh. my, my dad died. My brother was going to have open heart surgery, but my truck didn't get stolen. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. You know? Oh, my God. And I did. I just said, well, uh, I throw in the towel. Yeah. Up from here. And so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I didn't really sense that something like that was going to happen. Right. There was a weird situation right before I got on that horse was um, one of my students had come in and her parents were having problems and, and she was, you know, becoming a young adult and she was torn and she felt bad that her mom treated me badly about something else. And which was way prior. And I, I don't know, her parents were moving out of state and she, and she just came in and, and I think I was just having a really shitty day and we all, it was weird. Like it was she and two other teenagers that were all close and we just did a group hug and we're like, okay, you know what? Today's a day about just, just let it, let all this shit go. Wow. And then after wow. that, when I wow. got the horse and, and oh that's God. what happened. Wow. Yeah. It was weird. It was letting that shit go in a major way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, like without a choice. Right. Like just, yeah. Well, the crap. Yeah, and, and I also learned too about how to deal with like customers is I knew off the bat, that was a new customer that owned that horse. And I was like, um, okay, she's already a problem. And yeah, it really, really, really showed her true colors. And I just wow. learned after that, look, I got majorly hurt because I'm too accepting of people and 
people warned me, I sensed things, I didn't like some of her actions, mm-hmm. and sure shit, I got the brunt of it, you know, oh and I said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Because again, you know, you hit rock bottom, I lost like over 70% of my business, and <sighs> and uh, I literally lost everything I said about my sad country song, and I said, you know what, I don't care. I'll, I'll eat granola bars and drink water. I'm not dealing with people's shit anymore. Right. So, Seriously. Right? So when I start sensing all that, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not worth it. Here's the thing. I'm going to say two things about this. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> um, while, Deirdre, you may not be like, feeling the really tense things and the really bad things you're obviously still so in tune with the animals and the space and the other people that are coming that you're making this you're using your senses powers feelings whatever you want to call them to make this safe space so you still got it you're just picking and choosing what you want to hang on to which i think is really amazing right secondly saying things like Oh, it's a thing that's bigger than you, and you have to give up its pa- your power. And no, I don't do that. Um, those are <laughs> that's why I'm afraid of bears. The thing is bigger than me, and I can't. And also, she's afraid of the dark. So it's just these bigger oh, I'm things. I'm afraid of the dark. The dark is bigger than me, right? <laughs> it's like, just oh, you two. It's seriously. It's not so much like giving up all of your. It's, it's that giving up that obsessive need for control. Like that's something that I have. I have an obsessive need. I can't control everything around me, especially right now. So there are certain things that I can have within my power to control. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I can't control, but I can willingly give it up. Do you know what I mean? So it's just that joining forces and understanding that my mood affects the horse's mood and it's just going in and it's a clean slate and it helps reset my day. If I wake up in a shit mood or I wake up and I see that by 6am I have 20 emails for work, you know, um, it helps reset it, restart it and start on a good foot. So, uh, no, I will keep talking to my snails and my fish, which are much smaller than me. And, um, (laughs) Although I did just say to my husband last night, the snail is getting so big. It's kind of making me nervous. How big it's getting. <laughs> oh I can't, I can't deal with that. We just did. We, we got a fish over the holidays. We got a yeah. beta fish for the kid. His oh. name is Rocco and it's only been a few days and Rocco has already become my fish. Yeah. Oh. And so that now happens. I sit and I have conversations with the fish well, at least you're not talking to the plants. I mean, I know you're I know. To- not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You need two more crystals before you can talk to plants. Right. Exactly. So one of the things we do at the end of our podcast is um, an end of show gratitude. Um, so Deirdre, <laughs> going to put you on the spot. What are you grateful for? I am grateful for wonderful friends. I would, I would say I'm grateful for very good friends that I, you know, my mom used to always say, Oh, you're lucky if you can count real friends on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, come on. You're so cynical. You know, when I was a teenager and I'm like, wow, she was kind of right. Yep. And honestly yeah. say that 
I can count more really good friends than um, than more than one hand. So I'm Aww. very grateful for that. I love that. So what are you grateful for? Joy, you go. Um, I'm grateful that I got this. I, for your snails. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm grateful that I got this coffee in bed this morning uh, <gasps> because it's my birthday. And I got a really cute card that my son made for me where he wrote stuff because he mm. can write words now by himself. Oh, cute. Uh, and draw pictures. And while we're doing this podcast, my husband and my son are baking me a cake. So <gasps> I am equal parts excited and terrified to see what. The kitchen looks like when I leave this room. <laughs> as long as you don't have to clean it. Okay. Who good cares? point. Good point. Yes. So that's what I'm thankful for. Happy 42nd birthday. I love that. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. Emily. Uh, um, I know I've banged on about it a lot while we're talking today, but I'm super fucking grateful for you, Deirdre. And like, learning how to write again from scratch properly <laughs> and just jumping for the first time in decades and feeling exhilaration instead of pure fucking terror. Um, I'm so grateful for that. And I can't wait for more of that feeling. Although it did kind of scare me at the end. I'm like, let's do bigger ones, which I know will take time, but I was just like, let's just fucking do it. Hike that thing up. So maybe, maybe I should wait on that. But yeah, no, I'm in intensely grateful for that. So Yay. thank you so much for thank coming on and talking so to us much. today. Oh, you're welcome. I wasn't, I got less nervous as we went along. <laughs> oh, good. The thing is, is we started this podcast because there are people like you out there that have experienced this stuff and have this um, highly tuned intuition and they don't talk about it because of the stigma attached to it, yeah. because they don't want to be seen as cuckoo banana pants. They don't want to be seen as, you know, crazy and Ex other people experiencing other things, seeing things, hearing things, whatever else. And the whole point behind this was we wanted to remove that stigma and have people talk about their experiences. So people listening cannot feel so alone in it. And people listening at home who maybe haven't experienced it can maybe understand it and, and, you know, not, and, and see it from their perspective as well. Um, because some of the things you've experienced, there's trauma attached to it. And there's that knowing before they know. And there's that guilt that comes with it. And it's forgiving yourself and turning it around into a positive, which yeah. you've done. Um, so, you know, just showing people that it, you know, there's there's a way to deal with it and to accept it. And um, that it's not always necessarily yeah. a bad thing. So, Yeah. So thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Thank you. I adore you. And I can't wait to see you this Wednesday. It better stop raining because it rained an awful lot. It was amazing last night with the thunderstorm. And my kids slept through it. Like Mine too. We opened the doors. We were like, let's watch this. You did? 
Well, you're from New York is, and Connecticut, yes. so you're like, it's the first time raining since March. Exactly. It last rained in March. I was like, this is for my birthday. This is yeah. East Coast gods sending this shit to me to make me happy while I'm watching ghost shows right. in a dark room <laughs> in the middle of the night. I appreciate you so much for that joy. Thank you. Thank you for moving out here and thank you for having a birthday just so we could get rain. Yay! <laughs> oh my God. Um, so with that being said, uh, sage Save your it. sofa. Rub it down with some mm-hmm. crystals. Rub yourself down you know, with some crystals. <laughs> rub yourself down with some crystals. Take a bath with one. Who knows? Ah. It could help. But yeah, and like, don't be afraid of the dog. But I will. And so will Deidre, apparently. Well, I have two dogs now. I won't be as scared. Okay, that's good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, all right, okay. ladies. Well, thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your birthday cake. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, bye. Bye. The day after this episode was recorded, the ex-boyfriend that Deirdre speaks about, who she was with when his mum died, reached out to her for the first time in four years.